T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. He breaks down plays better than anyone. I mean, this is like Shark Week now. And you know what Baker Mayfield is? He's chum. Look at these sharks. You think you're getting away from those four angry sharks? It's Shark Week. It's time to eat. Make the read. Urgency. That's the name of the game right here. Urgency. Now. On it. He's on it. Touchdown. Beautiful throw. He's our 95-7 The Game NFL insider. Brian Baldinger. And he joins us now on the Boxer and Girls and Guest Line. Brian Baldinger, presented by our proud partner, Golden State, serving the Bay Area for three generations, building better starts with Golden State. When you succeed, we succeed. Visit GoldenStateLumber.com. And what a championship weekend it is. We get ready to roll with Baldy here on the morning rolls for the next 20-plus minutes. I just kept thinking as I was driving in, Baldy, when we first talked to him back in early August, he said, folks, it's going to be the wildest ride in the NFL we've seen in quite some time. Huh. And boy, was he huh. telling the truth. It has been a wild ride, including championship weekend, where both road teams had a chance to steal it. But the Niners rally in the second half. And, Baldy, let's just start here. The difference between the first and second half. I didn't recognize that team in the first half. Detroit did whatever they wanted. But Uncle Mo came and played in the second half with the Ladybug catch. And Brendan Ayuk and the Niners steal it there. Give me your thoughts on that second half and the Niners turnaround. Well, I mean, it literally started um, on the first play of the second half. Like they said, um, Kyle Shanahan came out and said after the game, like our goal was to go down and score a touchdown. And they didn't score a touchdown. He was dicked because they had a chance to. And they didn't. They kicked a field goal. Um, you know, and then it, it, it kind of snowballed from there. I mean, you know, then for whatever reason, Detroit doesn't go for it, doesn't kick the field goal on fourth and two at the 28 to match. You know, to go back up 17, to go up three scores. And they get the ball back, and the first play, they go to Ayuk down the field. I mean, they just attacked. It was completely different. They said, okay. It's almost like they had to pl- they had to get so far behind to play their best football. And to lock in, just to, you know, to use a Brady phrase, just to get laser focused. And I felt like, okay, that's what that locker room speech was all about. Whatever they said, it's time to get laser focused right now. There's no room for error. A lot of things went their way. They made a lot of things happen. But that's what happens. And, you know, Bonte, you see yep. basketball games turn all the time, mm-hmm. you know, where it looks like, you know, they're getting blown out of the gym, and all of a sudden, here comes the full court press. Yep. Here comes the slam dunks. Here comes the free throw. And all of a sudden, you know, they turn it. And that's what happened in that second half. Now, you slipped in the fourth and two. Shasky and I have been kind of dissecting that all week long. Dan Campbell going for it on fourth and two. And I understand the Lions were – they converted 80% of their fourth and threes and less. And I thought the third down play was 
very vital because they, for some whatever reason, they're rolling with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, and Amara St. Brown lines up in the backfield on third down. Warner makes a great play. I thought Kinlaw made a good play there to hold up his block there and shed that block and make a play on Amara St. Brown, but then they go for it on fourth and two. And I get that Michael Badgley has converted only 45% of his field goals from 48 yards plus, uh, and that's a long field goal there. I had no problem with the decision, Baldy, that decision. But later on in the game, I was like, all right, Dan Campbell, you're getting a, getting a little wacky here. But that decision right there up 24 to 10, did you have an issue with that? Because at the end of the day, Josh Reynolds, Josh Reynolds just flat out drops it. Well, it, it, it's, not, it's not a great play on fourth and two, to be honest with you. It's, I mean, it's not a gimme. It's not where, okay, we're going right. to roll right and there's going to be a pick right here and I got an open receiver. I mean, you still got to throw the ball. I mean, there's vertical routes down the field. There's really... I mean, he was the. I don't understand the route, but look, if you're up, if you kick the field goal there from 45 yards, you're up 17. You're up three scores. Does it make a difference if you're up three scores, 17 or 21? Right. Like to me, you just go match the 49ers score, their field goal. And now the 49ers are still down three scores. And now halfway through the third period is over. So you're at seven minutes to go in the third quarter, and you're up three scores. I, I felt a lot better. I just felt like – and then I felt like on fourth and three and halfway through the fourth quarter where he could have tied it up with a you know 48-yarder. I thought he was just chasing points at that point, Bonte. Yeah. You know, and he was like, like, all right, we didn't get the first one. We'll, but, you know, our analytics say we're 80%. We'll get this one. And, you know, we'll go down and we'll, we'll score a touchdown. We'll take the lead. I, I, I felt like the, the critical one was the first fourth and two. Uh, halfway through that third quarter. Mm, so you didn't like that decision. I'm so I'm a little surprised, Baldy, because I they were averaging seven yards of carry with the ground. I had no problem with that one. That one I I, I honestly, but that it's very interesting to hear from you. Very interesting. I didn't like the play call either, but again, the receiver's gotta make a play. Riddles flat out drops it. Yeah, it's not a, I mean, look, it's it's not an easy catch. It's not like it's hitting him, you know, uh, at the number eight. I mean, it's off his body. It's away from him. Yes, it goes through his hands. Right. Yes, he's got to catch it. But at the same time, it's not an easy. It's not an easy catch. It's not a gimme. You know, he's got a defender on his inside. He's reaching around to the outside, and he drops it. Now, if he catches it, maybe we're not even talking right now. You know, yeah. we're, you know, like we're we're discussing, you know, what went wrong. But you know, that was a big part of. Their their comeback was the fourth quarter uh, fourth down stops. Yeah, and and I think getting Goff to move up in the pocket because the Bosa pressure, like you saw, anytime he didn't have a clean pocket to throw from and he had to move, he was struggling. Like he just was. Yeah. And then I look at Brock. I don't know what happened in the first half. It felt he hit a couple of big throws, like the one to Ayuk on the outside on mm-hmm. the first drive was a beautifully timed throw. But he was just like a step slow and like a little hesitant to rip it. I don't know if he didn't see the field or whatever. But the difference for me in the second half. It wasn't just like seeing the field. The legs, that third and four where they had the shotgun and you have Debo on one side and McCaffrey on the other, even the touchdown pass where he moved slightly to the left and threw to Ayuk, he used his legs to either scramble and and make a play or to create a passing lane for himself. I thought the difference in this game for Brock Purdy was the feet. What did you see from first half to second half? No, I mean, look, the, the, look, they did the two first drives of the game. They went right down the field. They missed a field goal. All right. They don't convert on third down. Missed a field goal. Go right down the field. Second drive and scored a touchdown. Uh, you know, he had a couple balls batted down by, by, uh, you know, Hutchinson. And so those kind of affect you. But, you know, he was channeling his inner Steve Young, you know, in that game. Like that was classic Steve Young right there. And, 
you know, we've seen him scramble, but every one of those three scrambles for 52 yards was so critical. So critical getting a chunk, uh, converting, just keeping the drive on schedule. And those aren't, you can't practice that. That's just got to be a feel. That's a, an instinct. I mean, we see it from Mahomes all the time, which is great. It, that's Patrick Mahomes. He's been doing this for seven years. This is a kid that, you know, hasn't completed two years of playing yet, and now he's in the biggest game he's ever played in, and he's he's pulling a ball down and finding lanes, and not just – but, I mean, that, that's a talented, fast defense. Yeah. And he's getting those chunks. And so that – I mean, two twenty-plus yard scrambles like that are—I mean, it's—it's—it's it's, it's incredible. You know that he had a great throw to Debo on the first drive uh, of the third quarter. It was just ripped, like yeah, right into the middle, right of the field. middle of the field. That throw, though, Joe, like you know, people—I don't know. Like I'm so tired of the whole game manager, whatever, whatever they're trying to say. That was a dime, Baldy. That, that throw. You you drop back five steps, you hitch and you rip it, and it's right into the thick of a four man right. zone, like and and Debo's catching it on the dead run. Yep, like he's not jumping up for it, he's not reaching back for it, he's not going down low and catching it off his shoestrings. He's catching it literally. It's playing t ball. It's like <laughs> going out there with your kid that five years old. And you're playing t ball. You put it right there on the t form. You can't throw it any better than that. Yeah, he showed toughness when he got drilled on the Debo pass. He got pass. drilled. I man. mean, just like right underneath the chin, and he gets drilled. But I want to talk about the IU throw. It, yeah. When you look at it from the wide angle, IU clearly gets like penalized by getting hit by the cornerback, and, and yeah. he rips it. Down. I mean, he ripped that ball downfield. But the catch, the dexterity, the athleticism, the hand-eye coordination. I mean, break down the IU catch, the whole play. I want to hear it from you, Baldy. Well, it's 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 play action, max protection. They pull Aaron Banks and uh, and Kittle to go seal the edge on Hutchinson right there. So, because it's a design shot play. And I think I said it right here last week. I said they're going to go after Kendall Vildor. Like I, you know, I don't know when they're going to go after him. They're going right. to go after him because, like, he just he just struggles down the field playing the ball in the air. Like I've seen too many when he was in Chicago. He did. I thought he did in Detroit. Like they were down corners. He had to play. I just thought it was a matter of time before they went after him, and they did it in a in a, in a way where the free safety wasn't there. So the ball's in the air, fifty yards. Uh, Vildor interferes. The back judge throws the flag. Um, the ball's tipped. It's it's the modern day Lin Swan catch. Yep. Like it's it's an acrobat. You know, it's he, he's he's an ap- ap- I don't even know how he tracked the ball after it was tipped like that. And then to see how he secured the catch, made sure that he rolled that. Honestly, in this day and age, like the way that you catch a ball and go to the ground. You have to, in every way, because of all the cameras and replay and everything, right. you can't give them any reason to think that it's not a catch. That ball tips, you know, it hits the ground, it moves, is it a catch, isn't it a catch? You don't know. Right. You have to make sure that when you go to the ground with the ball, that you're showing them that the ball never touched the ground, you have it secured all the way through the catch, and you see these receivers now going out of the way to make sure that they show any official the ball, and he did that. Oh, unbelievable catch. The Ladybug catch. We're going to be talking about it for many, many years here in the Bay Area, especially if the Niners beat the Kansas City Chiefs in a couple weeks in Las Vegas. Brian Baldinger here at the Boxer Girls. Give me that real line. quick, though, Bonte, because I, I didn't hear the whole interview. Oh, well, here's so Aaron saying Andrews. he saw a Ladybug. Yeah, yeah. Here's, here's Brendan Ayuk with so Aaron good, Andrews yeah. at the game. Listen to this, Baldy. All right, come on. Before the game, a Ladybug landed on my shoe. <laughs> hey, y'all know what that means. So that's all I can say, because now I don't know. I don't know. Just great luck. God was 
with us today. Great win. <laughs> bang, bang, not her game. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. The lady uh, broadcast that's, that's body. That is hilarious, that's man. It is hilarious, man. What a game that was in Levi Stadium. Niners make the largest comeback in the title game history after being down 17-plus at the half, down 24-7 to against the Detroit Lions. And then you get Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy. I thought Shanahan's five-minute mm-hmm. drill there, but I do want to get to the defense, and this run defense does concern me. Because at that fourth and two, at that moment, Detroit had 168 rushing yards to the Niners' 45. Now, Detroit didn't run the ball more after that. They got a little behind. They got a little out of their game plan. But this run defense, Baldy, is very, very concerning. And look, we text over the weekend, Chase Young. What did you think of his performance? Because a lot of 49er fans right now, Baldy, are down on Chase Young. They believe the effort is a little down, not championship effort. You look at the play by Jameer Gibbs, the third touchdown. That's not championship effort. We're trying to get to a Super Bowl here. You got to go balls to the wall here. And I didn't see that from Chase Young on Sunday, Baldy. He plays too high. He plays too high. He likes to see everything that's going on. And, you know, guys are hitting him in the chest. They're getting underneath him. Uh, tight ends are blocking him. But I didn't think, outside of Bosa, I didn't think any of the defense linemen played well. I didn't think Armstead did. I didn't think Hargrave did. Mm. Definitely not Kinlaw or Gibbons. I didn't think they got good performances from that front. They got blocked up. I didn't think the run fits with the linebackers was good. I thought Fred was off. I thought Burks was off. I, mean, I didn't think the run fits looked like a championship-level defense. Like, honestly, I mean, if Fred Warner was on the show right now, I'd go, Fred, on that, you know, Montgomery run 15 yards right in, up the middle. I mean, it's a basic inside zone. Everybody runs that play. The 49ers run as well as anybody. They're double-teaming the tackles. The linebackers got to go. They got to go fit that. Burks went one way. Warner went the other way. Like, I don't know what they're, like, whether it was a tight end in motion that threw them off or whatever. But they just opened up the middle right to, you know, Tig to right. make the tackle. Like, I didn't think they, I didn't think they, like, I would get back to the basics of taking on double teams, getting off blocks, like walking through your run fits. You should get these run fits down where literally you put a blindfold on and you know exactly where you're going. And it, that was that was out of sorts, and it didn't look right, and it didn't look like a championship-level performance to me. Is that on scheme? Is that on the players? Is that a combination of both? Uh, I, well, some of it is Detroit. I mean, they're excellent up right. front. Okay. Uh, but, you know, regardless, it doesn't matter. I mean, you, you just have to have this mentality that you're not going to be blocked. You're going to get off blocks. And I don't think they had that mentality. They got, they got, they played too high. Their pad level was too high. They got underneath them. They got driven. Um, I see guys on the ground. You can't play football on the ground. So, I mean, I could pick apart eight runs where you go, they have to be better than that because mm. Pacheco will do the same thing to him. Yeah. Well, like on those on those outside tosses, right? They kept going to the outside. It's like one on one. Either it's Burks getting plastered by a wide receiver, or then you got Gibbs or, or Tig Brown coming up, and it's one on one. You got to make a play, and they're eating grass, and like yeah. no one's coming up to make a play. I'm very concerned about the safety play right now because yeah. teams are getting to that second and third level in the run game. Like, I, and so I guess my question is: is do they have just a personnel? issue at this point in the year or is this on Steve Wilkes? Mm, I think it's more personnel than Steve. Gotcha. I mean honestly, I mean everybody runs toss crack, everybody right. runs outside zone. It's been a weakness of the 49ers all year. They haven't been particularly good at it. Mm. And so like I was talking to Rod Woodson, I was in Baltimore on Sunday. I was talking to Rod Woodson about, you know, communication. 
Because if if my defensive end is getting cracked back by cracked back by a, a tight end or wide receiver, first of all, I can't get blocked by the either one of those guys. Right. If I'm Chase, Nick, if I'm Gregory, whoever it is, like I can't get blocked by any of those guys. But it also helps if somebody's t- telling you there's a crack, crack, crack coming. Like somebody's got to be yelling that out. Like it, you or you you at least have to look at the splits of these guys and go. It's a possibility. Like they could be coming down on me. It's first and ten. This is a, a an indicator that in this form from this formation, like they could run this play. I mean, it's got to be high alert here, and it didn't it didn't look like that, especially no. in that first half. No, it didn't. And and I'm worried about Andy Reid and the screen game. He's one of the best screen callers when he calls a screen, whether it's Westbrook out in Philadelphia and all the backs he had in Philadelphia and now with Kansas City. Andy Reid knows how to run a screen. The Detroit screen game was on point against the Niners. I'm very concerned with this mm-hmm. defense, but that flips to the offense here. How can the Niners start faster against Kansas City? Back-to-back weeks in which they've scored just seven points. It's one of the most prolific, explosive offenses all regular season, yet they've gotten off the slow starts. Not something you want to do against Mahomes, Baldy, but how can they get – what is going on? What is contributing to the slow starts here for the 49ers in back-to-back playoff games? Well, I mean, I don't agree with that, though. I mean, I, I saw them take the ball right down the field the first two drives. So, you know, they missed a field goal. They went um, they went all the way down to the 30 in the first drive. No problem. Made all the throws. Right. Uh, just didn't convert. And then, you know, they went right down the – went 75 yards in the next drive. I mean, they moved the ball, uh, you know, and then they threw an interception, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, whether, you know, Brock's hand got, you know, hit on that play and affected the throw or not, regardless, Malcolm Rodriguez came down with it. So they, 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 they got off, they, they moved the ball. They, they like to run it a little bit better. They got stuffed a couple of times, but McCaffrey right. had the 25 yarder. I mean, he had right. some good, some good plays early on. So, I mean, there was, there, there were, you know, and look, the longer you stay on the field, the more you could get into your game plan. Right. The longer you can get to some of your play action, especially if you get into some kind of rhythm. So, um, I, I don't know. Like I, I, I don't necessarily agree. I know Green Bay. It was definitely a slow start. Right. I know they only had seven points at halftime, but they didn't have that many possessions. They had what four possessions in the first mm-hmm. half. Uh, you know, one of them is interception, and one's a missed field goal. So um, you're just not going to score touchdowns in every drive. No, no, you're not. I, you know, we got Kansas. We got two weeks. Next week, we'll really break them down. But yeah. I'm looking at Debo Samuel, and he's just such a different player than the last yeah. time they played in the Super Bowl against him. He brought a jolt to that stadium. I don't know if you saw it on the film. I'm not sure if you saw it during the first time watching it, but it just felt like he brings a calmness to the team and. The guy just refuses to be tackled. There's like a screenplay, which is one-on-one, just, ah, get off me. I'm going for eight, nine yards. He brings so much to the table, and I don't know if people can really quantify his impact. And I underrated at times, but I just thought Debo was special in this game. Well, I always think he is, um, you know, especially uh, in front of that home crowd because, yeah. you know, as soon as he touches the ball, it makes everybody, you know, it's like Barry Bonds up at the plate. Like, there's <laughs> going to be a home run's going to get hit here. But I think... Like I've said this many times, and I've said it on your show, he gives his team a toughness yep. that nobody else gives. Obviously, yep. McCaffrey is what he is, and Fred is who he is. And they have those players, uh, and Kittle, obviously. But he just gives a total different level of toughness. Like, he challenges every single tackler. He runs through Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. He was stopped, you know, behind the line of scrimmage a couple times, looked like he was, you know, and still has the quickness to, like, get back inside and pick up seven yards when it looks like there's going to be nothing there. Um, you know, he he doesn't slow down to catch a ball. Like, one of the things, like, there's something, there's a, 
uh, th- th- there's a quality about receivers that, yes, are they fluid? Are they Jerry Rice fluid? Okay, we can see that when a guy's running. Ayuk has that. Right. But are your hands as fast as your feet? So, like, I believe, like, Debo's eyes, hands, and feet all work together. Mm -hmm. And he has this amazing speed that he can play with. Some guys have to slow down to catch a ball. Right. They got to body catch it. They got to jump. They got to secure the catch first. He just has this ability to have fast hands and eyes, like on that middle, that that throw in the middle of the field, you know, that – that Brock ripped. Yep. Like, there's no slowdown in him taking that ball out of the air and snatch it and keep going. Yeah, that was second play of the third quarter there, Baldy, where the Niners go a little quick game, up tipple, up tipple, down 24-7. That was a hell of a throw by Brock and a hell of a catch by Debo Samuel. Eight catches, 89 yards for Debo, who, by the way, was 50-50 at the start of the week. Baldy, I didn't think he was going to miss this game. He's Debo Samuel. You have a name like Debo, and you're 50-50. You're playing in the championship game. Come on, Baldy here on the morning roast on the Boxer Girls and Guest Line here. I want to ask you about Shanahan, because I thought Shanahan in the second half really called a good game. In the championship drive, I call it the five-minute offense, up 27-24, he took what the defense gave him. We're going to run the ball. We're going to run the clock. We're going to hit quick throws. Brock Purdy with the scramble. But I thought Shanahan really grew up in this situation. What we've seen at times in the past, 2021, against the Rams where I thought his offense bogged down there. He got a little conservative. Same thing with Super Bowl 54. Now that we're here at the Super Bowl four years later, where's Shanahan grown the most since that Super Bowl loss to the Kansas City Chiefs as a coach, Baldy? Well, uh, they found Brock Purdy. I mean, he trusts his quarterback. And so I think that's the difference. And it's not a knock on anybody else, Jimmy, anybody else that's been here. He trusts his quarterback. And that's what it comes down to. And so you can be aggressive up, you know, three points and to go, you know, try to put a nail in the coffin right there and take some shots and, you know, trust that he's going to. Either if he doesn't make the play that's called, he's going to make his own play and create a play like he did a couple of times. So I think that's I think that's the difference. Right. Like there's always that relationship, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes. There's mm-hmm. a, a relationship between the head coach or play caller and a quarterback. And we have seen it throughout time. Josh McDaniels, Tom Brady, whatever. Um, there's just a... There is a kinship that exists between those two guys. And, you know... I know this, like anybody will tell you this, Kyle is hard on his quarterbacks. Some guys aren't. Some guy, Bill Parcells, is hard on Phil Simms. Some coaches don't want to be like that with their guy. They want to just keep building their confidence. I feel like Kyle can be hard on him on Wednesday at practice. He can be hard on him in the locker room. He can be hard on him on the sideline. Like he's demanding. But, you know, some guys you could do that with because they know exactly what you want. They, mm-hmm. they know that it's inside of you, and this is what we need. And I just feel like that toughness that Kyle likes to coach with, he can do that with Brock. Well, and, and I, I look at it this way, Baldy. Like, when I when I hear – and these guys aren't champions, but I consider them championship-level players. Trent Williams, Fred Warner, George Kittle. I know they haven't won the big one, but, like, come on. These guys are all-world players. These are generational-type guys. They swear by Brock, and they'll stand at their locker room and wax poetically for 10 minutes about the guy. Um, and it doesn't feel fake. It feels genuine. That matters to me. And when I see him scrambling yeah. the way he did and not going down and, and, and like, in the way Bonte was describing Steve Young, like yeah. you know, you know, shoulder forward. I don't know, man. I, I I listen to the elite players talk about him, and that hits me in the soul. Yeah, well, I mean, all you have to do is you know take a look at you know Ali McNeil just blasting him. You know, he's, he makes the throw over the middle, and like so they see the toughness. 
you know, they, they know how tough he is. But I, I just remember, like, his first start out there last year against Tampa. Yeah. And I was asking Debo, like, I was just going through the checklist. Um, you know, can he extend plays? Does he have vision? Does he, oh, he's like, check, check, check. What else, Baldy? Like, these guys believed in him before he even got on the field against Miami last year. That's just crazy. his study habits, what he was like, quiet rookie, studying all the time, digesting the playbook, carving him up, you know, when he's the scout team quarterback. Like, they saw it early on. Now they're seeing it every day. Now they're, like, you know, they're tongue-in-cheek now. Yeah, my game manager, he knows how to, you know. I mean, right. they're, they're playing it up, and they'll play it up for two weeks here. But I, I don't think there's any question when you ask Nick Bosa, when you ask Fred, like, that's their quarterback, and yeah. they don't want anybody else. No, nah, I mean, you talk about that Tampa Bay game. The first play of the game, he gets rocked. Now, they call a questionable flag, but he got rocked by Tampa Bay DB. I forget the name. The name is eluding me here, Baldy. But then he goes and leads a touchdown drive, and the rest is history. He gets Tom Brady and company. Um, real quick, on the AFC, you said you were in Baltimore. That was a great environment. What a championship game. The weather, the hitting, the defenses. Baltimore comes up short. Zay Flowers with the fumble at the goal line. That Chiefs defense stole the show. What's your big takeaway from that AFC championship game there, Baldy? I don't know if there's a, a better big game defensive coordinator in the history of the NFL than Steve Spagnuolo. Wow. Then Belichick? I mean, he just keeps doing it. Yeah, no, I mean, the history of the game, you look at him taking down the 18-0, and you know. Patriots. Uh, yeah. Patriots. You look at him uh, most recently in Kansas City. And what he's doing, what he just did. Like if you just look at the three quarterbacks, they've just they just went up against Tua in Miami. Tua had a quarterback rating of sixty four. They went up against Josh Allen, the great Josh Allen, who had forty four touchdowns this year, had a quarterback rating of eighty six. Lamar might win the MVP. He looked pedestrian. Mm. Like he challenged his corners to go take on Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham, Rashad Bateman, Nelson Aguilar. We're gonna put you guys on you guys on an island. Show me what you can do. And he trusts everyone, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, uh, you know, Trent McDuffie, uh, you know, Legereus Sneed. Yep. And they just said, we're going to stack the box and stop the best running football team in the league, and we're going to discourage them from running. They had an unbelievable game plan. Yep. Totally different. Heck, the, the, different the game plan Buffalo, against yeah. Josh Allen the week yeah. before was completely different right. than four weeks before that. Yep. <laughs> like, his ability to, play, to put the pieces together in – and, and then design the game plan and get the players to execute. In fact, all the, he hates this, but I'm going to say it to, about him anyways. All the defensive backs in Kansas City wear these T-shirts underneath their pads, and it says, in Spags we trust. And so I, I texted Spags after the game. I'm like, Spags, I need some of these T-shirts, man. I'm going to wear them. <laughs> He's like, I want to get rid of those T-shirts, Baldy. He doesn't want any attention, but like they believe in what he does. And, you know, look. I mean, Drew Tranquil was picked off the scrap heap, and you look at the guys that they have. They had four rookies start last year yep. in the Super Bowl game. Mm -hmm. Six rookies played. Like, he gets guys ready to play and designs these plans, and you never know what it's going to be until the game actually unfolds. That's funny, buddy. We were discussing this earlier with Spagnola. Like, we got to deal with this joker again, like in Super Bowl 54, and that game plan against Buffalo and Baltimore. He's blitzing every other play, and then, of course, on the other side, you got Mahomes and Kelsey. Kelsey, 11 targets, 11 catches. I mean, we'll break it down in depth next week, but I already have a headache thinking about the kids to see the Chiefs <laughs> right now, Baldy. Mahomes on third nine. This cat burglar back foot throws it deep to NBA. Has, who hasn't caught a damn deep pass all year, and he comes up with the biggest play to send him to the Super Bowl? Oh, Baldy, why do we have to deal with Mahomes again? Well, it's a, it, you know, it's a true dynasty. You know, just like 
you know, Golden State Warriors, yep. like Chicago Bulls, like the Patriots. This is a living, real-life dynasty. And they would like nothing more than to add, you know, another um, another trophy into their bank, <laughs> you know, and just keep, you know, stockpiling these things and have another parade and another miserable day in Kansas City, and the entire city will be um, – that's – that's how they think. I mean, it was unbelievable what Mahomes just did to that defense. Unbelievable. They didn't score in the second half. They went 17-10 to at Baltimore. And now we have the Super Bowl set up, and we'll break it down all next Tuesday, Baldy. We'll get into it. I know you're in the film room right now already thinking about Super Bowl 58 Las Vegas. We'll see you out there in Las Vegas, Baldy. Can't wait for that. Thanks so much for the time today, breaking down yep, these my games. My pleasure, man. guys. Anytime. Yep. Brian Baldinger. Brian Baldinger here on the Boxer Girls and Guest Line. We'll see him in Vegas next week in Sin City as the Niners get ready for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm already thinking about the Chiefs. I'm already thinking about what we're going to have to do. Spagnolia company. But we'll, let's continue to break down the NFC title game. By the way, we'll replay this Baldy interview at 920 today on the Morning Rose. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.